From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, hello, yes, Mr. Robert. Thank you very much. It is me. It is Mike. This is Mike Davidson lives. Thank you for dialing this up, downloading whatever the hell you do with these podcasts. As uh, once again recording Sunday night, late Sunday night, very cold in Northeast Indiana. I guess we're done with. Uh, I guess we're done with going outside this winter. I'm pretty much over it. Uh, we got a little bit of snow this weekend. Uh, Saturday. Got about a couple inches here. And it, it's since melted because it's not that cold yet. But trust me, that's coming. But uh, the girls were real excited. They went outside and played um, Saturday out in the backyard. And they wanted me to go out there. So I went out there and uh, they wanted me to build them a snowman, right? And I comply. This is probably the first uh, snowman I've built in about 30 years. It's, I'm a little out of practice. Uh, but when you, your daughters are asking you to do something fun, you do it. And I did it. And I, I get branches and, you know, the carrot eyes and nose and whatnot. Uh, and then they proceeded to knock it down and beat the crap out of it like uh, it was Billy Bats asking them to go get their shine box. It was like it was something right out of a Scorsese movie. And they... That I got pictures. I might put those up on the the Mike Davidson podcast page. I don't know yet. I was I was a little despondent about it because I worked hard on that, and uh, they pretty much tore it down. So I went inside and sulked. It's such such is the life of a parent of a, a five year old, a three year old, and a one year old. The one year old, the boy Logan, stayed inside. Uh, he he he'll get out there eventually this winter and play in the snow. But uh, he and I hung out a little bit this morning uh, cleaning. And uh, he was upstairs. I tried to put him down for a nap. But the thing is, the dude can climb out of anything now. So, you know, he didn't want to take a nap. He climbs down. He walks down the stairs. He goes in the kitchen. And we got the, the high chair there with the tr- uh, the tray, right? Somehow, this dude climbs up on the high chair and sits right down behind the tray, looks at me and smiles. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll feed you. The dude knows what he wants. And uh, he's very agile, Poor kid, his age. Uh, so yeah, I kind of have to keep an eye on this guy. He he likes to get into everything. Uh, yeah, a little bit more personal stuff here before we go on to the, um, the big stuff. Well, uh, the big stuff will be a little bit personal. Um, I was glancing at uh, the Toy Hall of Fame inducting He-Man, Nightbright, and the Top into its class. They only do three toys a year. They're they're a little more stringent than even the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Uh, but my my sister called up because she's going to be visiting here in a few weeks, and uh, she wants to get the kids something nice for Christmas. She asked me what they want, and I said, uh, here, "Do me a favor, get get them clothes, get them books, because they got a lot of toys anyway." And I don't want anything with a lot of pieces where my big feet uh, step on them in the middle of the night and they go break. I, I you know I kind of want them to start taking pride in the stuff that they own, and right now, I got to kind of go in there and. Uh, clean up the room a little bit it's starting to look like the set of sanford and son um but you know i was thinking about that after i got off the phone with her because you know I, i've seen more christmas commercials and more toy commercials especially when the girls are watching the the nickelodeon and uh, the, the cartoon network stuff and the two commercials that have absolutely not changed formats since i was a kid uh the perfume cologne commercials the calvin climb estee lauder that 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 sort of crap 
Uh, they're the same pretentious bullshit commercials that they've always been with uh, the fancy music in the background, the sexy models, uh, the the art film feel that makes no sense to anybody whatsoever. They're just selling this, uh, this vague feeling of sexiness or confusion. Uh, and, and sometimes confusion is involved in sex. But it's the same commercial it's always been, and toy commercials, because they're always hyperactive kids yelling real loud, hey, let's go, and they're playing with the Barbie dolls or the, the Nerf guns or whatever. But uh, uh, I've only been uh, talked to once or twice about what they want for Christmas. I'm kind of downplaying that and letting Santa Claus, wink, wink, take care of that. All right, uh, speaking of childhood, um, this was a tremendous kick to my childhood's balls uh friday and uh i like like i i when celebrity deaths happen a lot of times they're not surprising and you know it's a little sad to see somebody go like you know i think Sidney poitier great actor he died earlier uh james con great actor he's died earlier um and and when somebody the, the talent of that stature leaves it is a little sad but when I read about this person's death, I literally shouted, oh, no. Like, it was a tremendous shock, and I, I just felt tremendous sadness, and that would be the late, great Kevin Conroy. And it sucks saying that. Uh, died this past week at the age of 66. Uh, the obituary was announced uh, Friday. And uh, back in 92, this is actually the 30th anniversary of the release of Batman the Animated Series. Back in 92, he was the voice of Batman, and he has been voicing Batman practically up until his death, like for other cartoon projects, um, video games. I have a lot of gamer friend, friends that were into the Arkham series and the Injustice series and all that, and uh, Kevin Conroy lent his pipes, and just tremendous, tremendous shadow, because he had that growl. He, um, in fact, he was like one of the first voice actors to give both Bruce Wayne and Batman distinct voices. And I think that was his idea because, you know, you got a secret identity. You want to keep the affable playboy thing going, understood. But at the same time, you want to scare the piss out of criminals. And so he had that big, deep growl. You know, And I'm, I'm not doing it any justice, but it's like, I am vengeance. I am Batman. That, that sort of thing. He came up with that. And uh, he really wowed and knocked out uh, a lot of people with his audition. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it really sucks, man, because I, like, anytime I would read a Batman comic book, that's the voice I hear, like, it, it doesn't matter what the story is, and I did watch uh, a few episodes of the animated series this past week, and, you know, the, the, the one thing that kind of struck me as I was reading the obituary, and you gotta kind of forgive me, because, um, you know, I, I, you know, I still read comic books, but I usually collect them in trade form, and I usually go for the older stories, I haven't actively collected monthly comic books in about, oh, Jesus, 10, 12 years. And and there's a lot of reasons, and I'm not going to bore you with them. But uh, I guess recently, uh, before his death, Kevin Conroy, uh, at least at least in recent years, because he uh, unfortunately died of cancer, uh, he came out as gay. And, uh, you know, the obituary, like three or four paragraphs into it, like this was pretty deep into it. Uh, made reference that he was the first openly gay actor to play Batman. Now, don't confuse that with the first actively gay or openly gay Batman, because that was obviously the Joel Schumacher, George Clooney one. Uh, but no, seriously, like uh, 
he had just recently come out, and like I had to think about this for a minute. And I, I told my wife, "Did you know he was gay?" And she goes, "No, but you you know that Kevin Conroy did come from theater." And I was like, "Oh yeah," um, but I never really thought of him one way or another as straight or gay. I never when I saw the name Kevin Conroy, I just said, "Oh, dude, that's Batman," and that's that's kind of the uh, the impact that this dude had. Um, and it was, it's a tremendous loss. And I know I'm being all nerdy and fanboy about it, but I mean, you have to understand when you're a kid, you know, you're 12 years old, and you're you're uh, subjected to movies like Star Wars. I mean, you, you your parents go take take you to go see Star Wars or you know Indiana Jones, or they let you see the latest James Bond movie, and you see all this dangerous stuff happening in these movies. And then your Saturday morning cartoon fair is like Super Friends or He-Man or G.I. Joe where they're all shooting lasers and they never hit each other with these damn lasers. And it's and these are basically toy commercials. They really are. And then like in 92, uh, Bruce Tim and uh, Eric Radomski, they, they helped launch Batman the Animated Series with uh, uh, just a talented group of people. And the animation, the writing, the voice acting, it was next level stuff. This is probably the best cartoon I can recall outside of The Simpsons growing up watching. And Kevin Conroy was a big part of that. In fact, uh, they, uh, the one story that I heard was like uh, when they would uh, do ADR, you know, if they would go back and try to, you know, reshoot some of the voice work just to make it sync up with the animation, uh, they, they brought both Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, the voice of the Joker, in to kind of read along to the animation. And, you know, they, they had never seen the animation. This is as the show's launching. So they're both in the room, and uh, they're at their respective microphones. And then, you know, the music swells up, the opening credit scenes go on, and Mark and Kevin are both looking at this with jaws dropped. And then, like, after the credit scene's over, Kevin looks at Mark and goes, did you have any idea that the show was going to be this good? <laughs> but it got even better because, you know, you had talented voice actors and everything, and uh, Kevin Conroy, a big part of that. And Jesus, I mean, you're just, you're just going to miss a talent like that. And uh, to me, that dude was just straight-up Batman. And uh, thoughts uh, to all of his family, I guess his husband, too, because he recently married, but... Uh, Damn, man, that's just that's a huge loss in terms of pop culture, and a lot of people wouldn't even realize it. All right, so that said, uh, I, I have kind of a half apology here, because the last podcast, you know, I went off on Jim Mersey for being, well, you know, basically Jim Mersey, and uh, this whole debacle with um, uh, the interim coach. I, I, still, I still think the way it was handled with Frank Reich was piss poor. Because the guy did do fairly well, all things considered. Uh, you know, he did leave the Colts with a 500 record, uh, above 500 record overall in his tenure, and he shouldn't have been followed, fired by uh, a phone call. And, I, and I'm still not really hip to the idea of you hire an interim coach when things are going wrong, because you still have some capable coaches on there. Uh, but Jeff Saturday took the helm. He's the interim coach right now. Uh, you know, their offensive play caller, their off uh, offensive coordinator for the moment, is somebody who's uh, never really been a head coordinator before. They go into Las Vegas, take on the Raiders, 
and they win. First game, it was Jeff's Sunday today, uh, 25-20, so good on him. I mean, I still think the team overall is kind of a flaming train wreck in some regards, but uh, you gotta you got to applaud it because of all the controversy going on around with the Colts right now. The Colts were a punching bag because Jim Irsay embarrassed himself at that pod, uh, not that podcast, at that press conference with all the, uh, basically the bullshit that he was spewing. And, uh, you know, Jeff, Jeff Saturday's taking the job and you would think there'd be more fireworks. It was pretty much kind of a quiet week in terms of training camp. And uh, they go in, they go on the road, and they get things done against the Raiders. They actually scored points in the first quarter. They hadn't done that uh, in about six or seven games. They had the lead at halftime. Then, you know, they started trading the lead with the Raiders, and there was a bunch of botched two-point conversions. But at the end of the game, 25-20, all the pundits were wrong. And, you know, I'll, I'll admit it, I was wrong. At least with this one game, there's still more season to play. And, you know, who knows if the Colts are going to get any better or worse. I do know that uh, they host the Philadelphia Eagles coming up next Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium. That's going to be a big game because the Eagles are rolling. Uh, I know the Steelers haven't had a great season, but uh, I believe that's the Monday night game after Thanksgiving. Uh, That's going to be at home, but it's still going to be a tough one because it is the Steelers. And then uh, Sunday night game after that, they take on the Cowboys down in uh, Dallas. There's still a lot of football to be played, and the Raiders just flat out suck. So uh, they got their work cut out for them. But I will say this, they are not tanking this season because if they were, uh, they would have stuck with Sam Ellinger. They decided to go with the wily veteran Matt Ryan, who actually broke off a big-ass run today. I was like, wow, Matt, where'd the legs come from? So they're giving it their all, but there's still a lot of uh, hurdles to conquer. And I don't know if, I I just don't think the guys in the locker room are on board with, hey, let's suck at our jobs, lose our jobs, just so Jim Irsay can get a quarterback. That's not how things are done in life. Um, But I I think the best part of this game was the fact that Josh McDaniels lost. (laughs) Not bitter about it at all, but uh, on the hot seat because, you know, Derek Carr is not a terrible quarterback. They got Devontae Adams in the offseason, and he's one of the best receivers in the game. In fact, he had a pretty good touchdown grab earlier today that made me just wince. Yeah, that's when I thought the game was doomed, but uh, it turned out not to be the case. But uh, there's rumor now that because he lost to a guy who's never had coaching head coaching experience in college or professional, not even as a coordinator, that uh, Josh McDaniels might lose his job this week. Kind of have to follow up on that. And that happens. I, I will laugh with devilish glee because, uh, you know, he's, he is kind of a douchebag. But uh, congrats to Jeff Saturday. Uh, a win's a win. And hopefully, hopefully you've wor- weathered the worst of it in terms of publicity. And uh, hopefully nobody asks Jim Ursay any questions at any uh, press conferences. Now, I mentioned the Colts are playing the Monday night game. Uh, after Thanksgiving. That's here in about uh, two weeks' time. Um, Thanksgiving Day. Uh, you know, you got the, you know, got the Lions. Uh, I think they're doing... I think they're this Fox game. And I think they're playing the Packers. I'd have to look at the schedule again. And then you, you got the game on CBS with the Cowboys. And then you got uh, the NBC night game. Each game, and this will be a tradition from here on out, uh, Thursday night football, Thanksgiving night, 
all three games this year and all the years after are going to be paying homage to the late, great John Madden who made Thanksgiving and football synonymous. Um, and and he's just you know, he was just a great ambassador to football. That dude's still missed. Um, but uh, they'll talk about some of the traditions that he had and they'll air quotes that he said. And, of course, the turducken, you know, which is just an ungodly abomination of deliciousness from what I can tell. Um, but here, here's my thing. Uh, whoever's doing the game on CBS, that's probably going to be Jim Nance and um, Tony Romo, all likelihood. Uh, one of the, if, the, if they do a live read for, for uh, any sort of uh, TV show that's coming up that weekend or any f- football game, I don't care if it's accurate or not. They have to say that each show is followed by murder, she wrote. And if you don't understand the reference, there's a there's the Google kids. Go do it. Uh, reference John Madden, Murder, She Wrote, and uh, Pat Summerall. And it's some of the best on-air trolling ever. Hey, uh, by the way, the uh, uh, the Saturday Night Live thing happened last night with Dave Chappelle. Didn't get canceled because Dave Chappelle is uncancelable. And I don't even know how to talk. Uncancelable. And uh, he did host. And I, you know, I guess he got some pretty good reviews. I didn't watch it because I can't stand Saturday Night Live like I used to. Do love Dave. And I did watch the opening monologue that he did. And I must have laughed out loud half a dozen times. And, and he, you know, he takes shot at shots at uh, uh, anti-Semitism, Kanye, uh, Kyrie. He takes some shots at uh, Trump a little bit here, and uh, he does it all very well. And I'm not on board with telling Trump jokes all the time, and Dave's not the type of guy that would, but he's got his issues with Trump. But the thing about everything that he said during this monologue was anti-woke. He's not woke. He's just a guy up on stage riffing um, and speaking his mind. I won't say speaking his truth because I hate that cliché. But he's speaking his mind, and these are the things he comes up with, and he knows he's playing with fire. You know, he might get some uh, grief from the Trump crowd. He might get some grief from people uh, who are uh, on board with uh, just, you know, taking Kanye and Kyrie uh, out of the task with a whole lot of things. And Grant, what these guys have been saying has been pretty dumb. But his, his take on it is like it's gone a little too far. He goes, keep in mind Kyrie Irving. Has not was not a part of the Holocaust. Besides, he probably doesn't think it exists. It was it was a pretty hard hitting uh, monologue, but he wrote it, he did it, and uh, and I watched it because I'm not a Saturday Night Live writer. Uh, if something offends me, I don't cry about it, and I wasn't too offended about it because you know Dave didn't take any shots at me. But he is he's definitely the best uh, best working comedian out there. He is a rock star, and uh, I don't think. I don't think he's going to back down from a whole hell of a lot. So, uh, kudos to Dave for getting that done. And um, uh, you know, and the thing is, is like comedy is a very hard thing to do, but you have to be somebody who plays with fire. You know, there's there's that whole shock uh, element to doing a joke uh, because it's not expected a lot of times. Sometimes the punchline's just not expected, and that was the case with. Uh, the old school movies back in the 70s and one of the guys behind some of those was uh, David Zucker 
and I guess he's working on a new movie. Uh, for those who don't know, Dave Zucker is. He did the airplane movies back in the day and the Naked Gun movies. Uh, he's writing a new uh, new movie that's kind of a spy spoof. I think he's already. I thought he already did that with uh, Top Secret, Val Kilmer, but he's doing one. And, uh, and I guess in an interview recently, he was talking about how um, one of the female executives got upset because there was a boob joke in this movie. Yeah, uh, I guess the uh, uh, one of the um, spies, a female spy, uh, was talking about how to fit in a Kevlar vest, she had to get a boob reduction, a breast reduction, and it was a mild joke, you know, just like, ah, ha, ha, she had big boobs, and uh, uh, this this executive dinged him on that for that, and he goes, this joke is pure oatmeal, and when you look think back to some of the jokes that were in the Naked Gun or Airplane, yeah, this, this is like slap on the wrist type of joke, um, but, okay, Couple things, uh, you know, I'm a man, and men have penises. We laugh at wiener jokes, and I know that women laugh at wiener jokes too. And I know that women laugh at their boobs. Uh, it, they're just weird things to have because you don't see them every day, day to day type of things. And when you're doing a movie, there there has to be kind of again that shock fa factor. And uh, we've gotten to the point where we're walking on eggshells that uh, we don't want to be surprised. We just want to, you know, smile, nod, going, that's great. And they were asking if uh, uh, Airplane could be made today. They, in this interview that Dave, uh, David Zucker was doing, he goes, yeah, we, we could remake Airplane today, just not with all the jokes. There would be no jokes in this movie. It would just be a disaster film, which is kind of sad to think about. It'd probably be made by Michael Bay. Um but it, it kind of goes with that whole uh, trope, oh, they couldn't make Blazing Saddles today because of this joke, that joke. That. There's a lot of movies they couldn't make nowadays uh, because people would freak out uh, because if you're going to have uh, a character in the movie that's gay, you have to make sure the actor playing um, the, the character is also gay. Like, you know, Batman's straight. Kevin Conroy was gay, but he played a great Batman in the animated series. Uh, but, you know, if we... On a long enough timeline, uh, they probably would have, you know, not cast Kevin Conroy because, well, you're you're not a, a vengeful vigilante. You don't beat people up in the alleys. You can't be Batman. There's a you, there's a level of disbelief. Uh, you have to suspend certain things if you want to be an actor or performer, and that's where we're kind of at right now. Um, another case in point. I was watching The Godfather of the weekend, uh, which just has a great cast and great everything. Um, and Sonny Corleone is played by James Caan. Sonny's Italian. James Caan is Jewish. I mean, now we're getting to that point where we're just micromanaging every aspect of a performer's, um, uh, you know, life, seeing if they're right for the role instead of just like, on on the cosmetic stuff instead of the actual performance. Um, but jokes have to have a little bite to them. Otherwise, what's the point in telling the joke? Uh, so, but uh, Zucker's onto something. Nickelback might be onto something too. Uh, they 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 got the new album out. They got um, uh, you know they wrapping up twenty twenty two, and then they're going to hit the road and make a buttload of money. And that's that's the thing too with them. I mean, they're not Creed. They're not Limp Biscuit. I mean, those guys do pretty well for themselves financially. I think Chad Kroger uh, is uh, worth about almost the same as Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. And of course, Green Day is the critical darling. Of a lot of the uh, the rock snobs out there, but uh, in a recent interview, 
uh, Chad Kroger's like, you know, a lot of people think we take ourselves seriously, but we've been like trolling media for a long time with some of our songs, like uh, something in your mouth, which you can only guess what that is. It's uh, almost Spinal Tap esque, and he goes, to, but the thing with like a Spinal Tap band is like if they did that, uh, they would be serious about it. And that was kind of the joke. But like Chad's telling the interviewer in this thing, I think uh, it was uh, the riff up in Detroit. Uh, you know, we're looking at each other like when we're writing these songs. We're like, can you believe radio's actually playing this? <laughs> like, like they're having fun at the expense of media, and um, it's actually kind of funny. And then you know, like when they do album shoots, uh, you know, like when they have the serious looks, and you're looking in different directions because that's thoughtful or something. They're they're, they're kind of going along with it. So these these guys might be a little smarter about things than uh, they let on. I'm not certainly saying that they're dumbasses because, again, these guys are all rolling in money and doing quite nicely for themselves. Um, but, yeah, that Chad, Chad just straight up said, like, something in their mouth. We, we really don't believe it. Now, does he think uh, photograph is a joke? I mean, he's, uh, he's obviously aware of the memes, I'm sure. And I'm wondering um, if they'll kind of incorporate that as kind of a joke into one of their shows. Like, if they just... Instead of showing the video where, like, there's photographs of Chad Kroger, like, other people making fun out of the meme. You know, just, yeah, get, get people involved uh, with uh, with that whole thing. Because social media, that's that's one way of doing things. All right, going to kind of wrap this up here uh, with this story. Because it actually kind of gave me an idea. And I'll elaborate on that here in just a few moments. And it kind of goes hand in hand with what I was just suggesting with Nickelback and interaction. But Jerry Springer's talking about, well, uh, Good and bad things when it comes uh, to reality TV. Because as you know, Jerry Springer uh, had the trash show in the 90s and into the 2000s where uh, midgets and strippers and uh, hookers and uh, and hillbillies and every Nazis, Black Panthers, everybody just you know showed up on stage and he just beat the crap out of each other and chairs were thrown and people would shout, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. And uh, it, it was a much better show than The Big Bang Theory. And, of course, he's gone on to other things. He's 78. You don't expect him to do that. He, he even admitted back in the day that he didn't watch his own show. I really can't blame him. And I'm sure it's built a few nice houses for him. But uh, he was talking about how, like, reality cha TV's changed a lot of things. And he's absolutely right about this. You know, back in the day, you would watch on TV or in the theater or on stage, wherever you were watching a, a form of entertainment, you know, something being told to you. Uh, story you know it's already been kind of determined you just sit and observe and you you come up with thoughts about whatever now with these voting shows like uh, the masked singer uh, the masked dancer uh the masked poker player you know all those shows there's like there's like an element of voting and you in a way become kind of the entertainer because you kind of determine outcomes and he's, he calls that the democratization of television or something like that. And he's right. I wouldn't say that's the best form of entertainment, but it's uh, it's something else, right? Uh, but he also talked about how he was responsible for the downfall of culture, and he hopes that hell is not as hot as uh, they make it out to be. Well, okay, I'm going to say this on Jerry Springer's behalf. Uh, and I do have this up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page to the story. Uh if, if you didn't do it, somebody else would. And as far as I can tell, uh, Jenny Jones has a higher body count than the Jerry Springer show. So it's it's not all on you. 
Uh, but yeah, I got the story posted. Somebody was talking about like how they, I, I'm drawing a blank on the person. I because I don't have the, the screen up in front of me, but they're talking about how like they didn't like the show not because the morality was lacking, but because it was all staged, it was all faked, and it got me thinking about well. It's a podcast idea. I might have somebody with kind of an inside scoop about that. And if I can record this just ahead of the holidays and kind of give myself a breather from the podcast, I will. I still want to do content. Don't get me wrong. It might be one of those holiday specials. And and that goes hand in hand. When you have family over and there's a, that dysfunction of politics and religion and all the fun stuff, maybe, maybe you want to hear a little inside info about the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> Going back, going in the way back, and we're not too far off from the holidays. All right, that's uh, that's about it for me this time. Uh, go around again. I apologize to I, my apologies to Jeff Saturday, but uh, Jim Irsay, uh, please please get help. Until later, uh, stay fresh, cheese. You've been listening to Mike Davidson live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Lives.